Welcome to FEPS Talks, the podcast series of the Foundation for European Progressive Studies. Find out more about us on feps-europe.eu. Welcome to the new episode of the FAPS Talks. Uh, it, my name is Anja Skrzypak, I'm Director for Research and Training, and it's my absolute privilege to have with us uh, Dr. Agnieszka Dziemianowicz-Bong, who is one of the leading parliamentarians of the Social Democratic Forces uh, in Poland. It is an absolute privilege to have her with us because I have to admit that we caught her between a demonstration, the parliamentary debate, and the parliamentary intervention to safeguard the civil society fighters. So really great to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for having me here. We're meeting today because uh, the pictures that we are receiving from Poland are most worrying. I think that many people have a general understanding of the situation. But as we see people walking on the streets, as we see them protesting, we would need a bit of an understanding what in fact is going on. Well, um, the ruling uh, that happened last two week, uh, to, it was the ruling that tightened what was already one of the uh, Europe's most restrictive abortion law, resulted in almost or a week of uh, protests all over Poland, not only in Warsaw, not only in big, bigger cities, but also uh, in smaller cities and little towns from the west to east, also in uh, in places where the majority of voters vote for erupting party. So people took it to the streets and it's still going on. Of course, it's mainly about the need of uh, liberalization of anti-abortion law. It's about women's rights. It's about full reproductive guarantees of full reproductive rights for women. But not only that, a lot of other groups, and not only women, but also workers, trade unionists, entrepreneurs, and people who are frustrated um, by the uh, the way that the ruling party is conducting uh, the the government uh, during the pandemic uh, crisis, uh, they are all demanding the change in political um, sphere. Some of them uh, are radical and just demanding that the, the current government would uh, step down. Others needs are demanding only the fact that the debate, political debate, will be, uh, will be put back in its place, uh, so in parliament. But, uh, well, the thing is that it, it's been a week and uh, protests are big and bigger and bigger. For, for Friday, for tomorrow, um, the, the plan is that it will be the biggest demonstration here in Warsaw. People from other places from across the country are coming to Warsaw to express their anger towards uh, current government. But what can we actually expect? Because on one side, you uh, said that, uh, you know, this demonstration is different than any others. Uh, you uh, pointed out to the fact that it's not only big cities, but it's in fact the entire country. Generational and demographical profile are also very, very diverse uh, than before. But this government has survived a number of different uh, uh, trials, right? I mean, uh, the fight for the Supreme Court, the fight for the uh, Constitutional Tribunal, uh, the fight for liberalization 
a couple of months uh, back, uh, the fight with teachers, the fight with minors, you know, kind of you name it. And this government has persevered. So what's different? Uh, can we expect a change of tides? Well, the difference is that all those all those groups that you just uh, named are fighting or protesting at the same time. It's not the kind of new solidarity that uh, has been built between those uh, groups is uh, is a new thing. But, well, I don't know. I wouldn't dare to say that the government will collapse after this, uh, this protest, but certainly people are expressing their anger. And uh, I think that the debate, debate about politics and the debate about women's rights is changing and uh, is changing irreversibly. So this is something, well, I think that this ruling uh, by constitutional tribunal ended the phase, long phase of debating what kind of restrictions could be uh, seen as a compromise in regards to women's rights. So people and women especially, they are radicalizing, they are very openly demanding full reproductive rights. And I think that this is something that we cannot can, cannot go back. Yeah, this is this is the biggest change. The political agenda expressed by protesters will stay with us for a long time, I think. Because uh, the current government, in fact, was a beneficiary of uh, really good economic tides, uh, translated into quite uh, profound reforms when it comes to socioeconomic side, quite traditional social policies, uh, if one can say, 500 plus uh, direct subvention for just the fact of having children, a different model of the family. And, uh, you know, how, how is it happening that effectively the people who have been already subjected to the educational system under the reform uh, that was introduced by this government today find themselves on the street protesting against this government? Is that the social transformation that has failed, you would say? I would say that, uh, yes, I think that um, the fact that we are in the middle of crisis, crisis that, of course, uh, in terms of, of, of medical crisis or, or pandemic crisis, no one could avoid that. But uh, the condition that uh, public health system is in or a public educational system is in is the responsibility of this particular government. So people on the streets also are, are frustrated by the lack of uh, preparation, lack of strategy towards pandemic and towards crisis. And they started to see that what you just said, that the, the current government could be successful when the economic situation was good, when the circumstances were good. So I think that this is the biggest strength of, of this protest, the combination of different kind of frustration that they put together. But uh, once you talk about anger and this frustration that now I find it catalyst, and uh, we see also that in the language that is being used by the Protestants. I mean, I'm not sure if I can quote a direct translation of uh, how impolitely, if one can say, the government is being encouraged to uh, well leave uh, so to say and that's very much of an euphemism um, but of course we also know that the police forces have been quite brutal uh, the expose of uh, deputy prime minister kaczynski has been very aggressive especially towards uh, yourselves uh, the representatives of the uh, center left and the left parliamentary club and uh, next to that we have a perspective of the 11th of november uh, being unfortunately in the last year uh, 
national holiday that was taken for granted by the nationalists and fascists uh, being really aggressive on the street. Do you think that, uh, you know, there is much to the fear that this anger on one side and frustration and the aggression on the other side will find themselves in a sort of a crossroad? Well, I think that uh, it's government responsibility to de-escalate the conflict. It's not a responsibility of people to keep calm and ask nicely if their rights could be protected. And yes, I think it's very, very dangerous that uh, the leader of, uh, of the ruling party is trying to escalate the conflict. And it's extremely irresponsible if he does that in the middle of a um, pandemic. But when it comes to, to, to language used by um, the protesters, I think that it's very is in sim- simplicity of uh, those slogans. You cannot uh, be mistaken, but with what they are saying, and also no one can say that those protests are being organized by politicians or uh, liberal elites. No, they are just common people, ordinary people who are very angry, to put it nicely. And they are ex- expressing that. So uh, I think that's it's 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 good that it's so brutal sometimes the language, because protesters themselves are not. They're peaceful and calm. Um, when it comes to brutality of, of of the police, well, it is brutal sometimes. Sometimes, but it, there are many examples of of situations when police is really defending protesters uh, from far-right movements. So it's not a black or white situation. What we are trying to do as MPs, as leftist politicians, we try to safeguard protesters. We try to intervene when there are some examples of of brutality. But yes, the the clash is, is possible. But I hope it won't go that way, Uh, but certainly the ruling party is trying to achieve just that, to escalate the conflict in order not to talk about the situation, the pandemic situation, the situation uh, with the healthcare system and, uh, and the crisis, general economic crisis. Yeah, from this government, we seem to have seen a lot of uh, back and forth and a lot of uh, smokescreen, if you want, uh, in terms of uh, trying to escalate a conflict on one issue in order to smuggle, if you want, through the back door and different issue. We've seen that also two years ago uh, during the occupation of uh, same, uh, while the discussion on the budget was going on. Um, But uh, just uh, for the uh, final uh, words, uh, what I would like to ask is the following. Um, the uh, aggressive tone of the uh, law and justice politician is, of course, not only a domestic characteristic, but it's very well known here in Brussels, uh, where quite of a lot of speeches have been held and where the government stand on the same position that it stood uh, in the speaker's podium uh, two days ago in the Polish parliament saying, this is democracy, this is the constitution, majority have elected us as the government, whatever the foreign powers are doing. And I think that that's the narrative to resemble the narrative of also the painful past, um, is the intervention inside of our uh, domestic affairs. In the meantime, the European Union is considering, and of course, we also see a lot of back and forth on the European Council level, this question of the rule of law clause that would be protected by conditionality 
probably reinforced with financial instruments. Now, being a member of the Polish parliament, but at heart being an activist, a representative of real people, if one can say um, in that way, do you think that should the European Union proceed in this direction, would this conditionality of the rule of law application in the real life help in Poland? Well, it depends. In order to, to being successful with this kind of uh, measures, uh, European Union need, uh, should safeguard the interests of Polish citizens. It's extremely dangerous to put uh, any kind of sanctions, uh, financial instruments or financial restrictions without guarantees that uh, citizens will receive the real support uh, that is really needed in times of crisis. So this conditionality could work two ways. In one, it can be another kind of pressure for the on the government to respect the rule of law. But on the other hand, if it is put forward without safeguarding the interest of Polish citizens, it can be also used by the government propaganda against the European Union and uh, it could lower the support for the EU in Polish uh, society. So I think that some kind of cautious would be would be recommended here. So just in a nutshell, last point really, because so we have a broadly progressive audience. Many of the people listening to us have already, you know, uh, took a selfie with the campaign, have already in their own languages put up the poster on the social media. They went in front of the Polish embassies. But this is all gestures of solidarity. Is there something that the progressive European community could do uh, to help you in your struggle? in the struggle that is in fact ours? Well, I think, and I, now I will speak as an activist, not as politician. I think that the most important support is support for the uh, NGOs and organizations and women in the organizations uh, that uh, help um, women, pregnant women who want um, to terminate uh, their pregnancy. Uh, so, uh, help uh, in uh, finding the way to legal and safe abortion, uh, support with the travel issues or support for this kind of uh, organizations is the crucial thing right now. Because, um, of course, political debate is important and political struggle is important. But right now, after this uh, scandalous uh, ruling, there are real women who are in real hospitals, who are in, in situations, they, they are waiting for, for the abortion that one week ago was allowed uh, and was legal and today it isn't. So they are in ex extremely difficult uh, situations and doctors are, of course, are facing uh, criminal charges if they decided to, to, to proceed uh, with the abortion. So the support for NGOs, for the organizations, for women in their real problems and real fight is the, the best thing that uh, international uh, solidarity movements can do. For, that for now is the, the best way to help Polish women. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm afraid we are not ending on an optimistic note, but on the encouragement note, uh, so that everyone who wishes to jump into support knows what the, the prior goals and the further on goals are. Um, Dr. Agnieszka Dziemianowicz-Bong, uh, a leading politician uh, from uh, Lewica Club in uh, the Polish Sejm, in the Polish Parliament, activist at heart, fighting feminist uh, and a philosopher, has been our guest. It was a privilege to have you with us. Thank you very much. Thank you. 
you for your attention. If you found our conversation interesting, do not hesitate to share it on social media with the hashtag FEPSTalks. More is yet to come. Stay tuned.